I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's guest is Sabrina Marzara, and she's the author of the new book, The Modern Day Fairy Tale Swiping for Prince Charming. Her life story is parallel to the popular Netflix series Emily in Paris, and with her persistence, Sabrina even made a debut on the series. This week's episode will discuss stepping away from perfectionism and how to build emotional resilience. In her search for love, Sabrina learned an awful lot about herself, and today she's going to share all of it with us. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Sabrina Marzaro is a marketing and communications expert and professor at FIT. Sabrina splits her time between Paris and NYC. She's also the founder of Graphite and Inc., a branding, copywriting, and translations company based in Paris. She's an established creative consultant and a copywriter specializing in luxury, fashion, and cosmetics, and has collaborated with Guerlain, Clarence, and L'Oreal. And her work is published internationally. Her first book, Swiping for Prince Charming, is available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, and Target. And without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Sabrina. Bonjour, mademoiselle. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. Let's start with your book. The dedication is to all the men that ever made me stumble and the women who helped me get back up again. Thank you for helping me find my strength. What was your driving force for creating this book? And what do you want people to gain from reading this self-help fairy tale? So when I crafted this book, um, essentially the story itself came out in a very serendipitous manner. Um, And I can tell you that story, but I will first say that once it came out, my I immediately knew that I needed to transform into an illustrated tale because I knew that so many women would be able to connect with all the challenges that we face along the journey of dating and finding our soulmate. And I wanted to use it as essentially this pick-me-up to help women and, and to make them feel lifted and to find the pleasure in the process and to learn to value and cherish themselves through it as well. Right. It's amazing. So your book, you wanted, you wanted this to be like a tool, so they yeah. could go to this book when finding Mr. Right seemed impossible. Can you talk about the outreach the book has had and how you're helping people worldwide? Um, well, thank you, first of all, for... <laughs> <laughs> We're I, in this journey together. <laughs> yeah, no, I. Um, it's been really fulfilling, I have to say, more... And it's done more than I would have even expected because, you know, as as... You're aware, having read it, it's this illustrated tale. It's very sex and city. It's very fun and and uplifting, but with this deeper message. And I feel like between the book itself and the communications around it, whether it's the uh, events that I've done at Barnes & Noble, talks I've done at Soho House, or even the Instagram page, I've had so many different women reach out to me and, and to say how much it's impacted them and given them strength and helped them overcome their breakups and, and just felt like they had someone who understood them, even right. if it was someone they'd never actually met in person. So that was, that's really been meaningful to me. Right. So when I started my swiping soiree and started writing in 2018, I mean, I started an Instagram page and it was basically to promote the podcast and 
based on my hashtags, we connected. And when I ever saw swiping for Prince Charming, I'm like, this is so cool that this person's following me and I followed you back. And then it was our mutual friend, Julie Lauren, who connected us. But I feel like even though you're in Paris and I'm in the Boston area, we were supposed to connect because we have the same mission. Completely. And it's so cool. So you have a dating philosophy and you don't hold on too tightly to anyone or any potential relationship. Dating isn't your primary focus. And you learn that if you're hungry for things to work, then that scares people off. Did you always have this attitude or is this something that you figured out through dating? Well, I, that's an interesting question. I don't know that I'd phrase it exactly like that because as you, you're, you're totally uh, on the point when it, when you say that for me, that it's, I'm not like so hungry that dating has to be my priority. In fact, it's not. Um, I'm really so focused right now on developing my career, my life and being as cliche as it sounds, the best version of myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the right person will naturally be drawn to that because you sort of attract the energy you put out. Um, but when that, the point of like, you don't hold on too tight to anyone or anything, um, that's an interesting way of phrasing it. I feel like when I'm invested in a relationship, whether it's romantic or friendships, I know that I, I really, I give a hundred percent of myself because like, I, I'm just someone that I love very deeply. I'm, I really believe in, like, I, I really love creating strong bonds with people. Um, but if it's not natural, if there's, you know, something that isn't meant to be, then I can accept that and move on because I know that you know, I feel like every person comes into your life for a reason, but they're not necessarily meant to stay there forever. So, right. And someone like you who loves very deeply, like I feel like you have to be such a sensitive soul to be able to write a book the way you did. And, Thank you. <laughs> and that's where I really resonate with it. And you had mentioned to me that we are biologically trained to show our best selves and people put so much pressure on themselves and they're afraid to show you know, that vulnerable side, like that, just what you said, like you love deeply and you put a hundred percent out there. Can you share with us what you've learned about the idea of perfection? <laughs> that it's, it doesn't exist. It's an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but in all honesty though, especially when I first, because just to give some context, I, I'd been in a six year relationship. And when I got out of that, I stepped into dating and I entered it very naively And I sort of felt like everyone would be kind and honest. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but, you know, I just, I didn't know how to date. And I feel like I'm a completely different person now, but especially at the beginning, I just was so scared about showing this quote unquote perfect version of myself, which I feel like so many women do. And for me, that meant I mean, I don't even know how to cook, but I would like slave away in my kitchen for half a day to try to make the perfect meal. And I'd have like the perfect soap, the perfect sheets, the perfect flowers, everything, and my hair and makeup, et cetera. Right. And it's just after a while, you realize that whether you do that or not, that's not what's going to guarantee that the relationship works and it's exhausting and it's not sustainable. And so in time, when I became more relaxed and more confident in myself and just being my natural self, I realized that that's actually what drew people that were more what I was looking for. Right. And so I'm hearing you and I'm, I'm really hearing you. And I think about myself, like, you know, food shopping at Whole Foods and bringing in the groceries in a freaking snowstorm and doing all these <laughs> things 
twisting myself into a pretzel to keep a relationship going. And what is the best part of you is the braveness that you've shown to publish this book. And you published this book while you're dating. And I, I just think that's the true measurement of empowerment. And you mentioned that some guys that you've dated don't like the book and some love it. And one guy even proudly displayed your book on his coffee table, which I think is hysterical. Can you talk about the reactions to swiping for Prince Charming from some of the yeah. men? Yeah, I will say that when I first announced the title, on it was on Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I was terrified. I was terrified because I was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, I've always shown this very serious side of me, very professional side, and now I'm writing a book about dating, like everything that went wrong in the process, etc. Right. And I swear, nearly every single guy that I've ever been on a date with that follows me on Instagram wrote me, "Am I in your book?" There you go. And so I responded. Well, I guess you'll have to buy it to find out. <laughs> so great. Um, but it was, yeah, I was, I was really, really terrified because I was literally putting a piece of my heart out there for everyone to dissect and I didn't know how it would be taken, but I just felt like this was my purpose and it was to accompany other women in this journey and that I couldn't be defined by my fears. So I did that. And it's true that surprisingly, some of the men that are in it, granted, just like, I do have a disclaimer that says these are all fictional characters. However, they're inspired by real people. Um, <laughs> I would be mailing um, this book to every guy I dated on Tinder. <laughs> For so, sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, some of them, as you mentioned, really, I mean, it was a huge boost to their ego and they were really happy about, you know, being featured in some way. Some of them weren't so pleased. Um, so deal with it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I really, I think, uh, and I hope you can agree that I tried to write it in a way that was not at all, um, I don't know, angry, vengeful in any way. It was actually just this from a woman's perspective, the challenges. And, you know, I tried to be very respectful of the people that are involved. So that's nice. And you always lead with kindness and, and I can tell that from you. Um, there was one guy, that you dated that said he was going to steal your idea and write his own (laughs) own book from a male perspective. And he's clearly living in his own fairy tale, but (laughs) it just shows that you have a brilliant idea and this is an amazing play on words. And, and I love this book. So you've written a second book. Can you tell us what the second book is about? So um, my second book is still in the process of finalizing and then I have to send it in for publication, but it's going to be a book of collected poems. And so it's sort of, sort of like a, I guess the same process of this discovery of self-love and this journey, however, at a much deeper level, it's much less lighthearted. It's much more, if you love to feel, if you love with all your heart and you really, you, you appreciate feeling things very deeply, then it will resonate with you. But it's something that I chose to do, uh, particularly during confinement, because I knew that it would help me in my own personal growth and also to overcome my own fears and feel like I was doing something that, I mean, sharing my own story to help inspire others. So That's great. So art is the imitation of life. And one of the, the pages that really resonated with me, um, and I think it's because people often think that this person's a fantastic dresser or they're great on paper, but sometimes it's not the case. So I'm going to read from one of your pages because I just 
absolutely adore this book. Now, this one's in finance and always dressed to the nines. He's funny and playful and knows how to have a good time. But he suddenly stopped texting after four really great dates. I guess a true relationship just wasn't our fate. So is this like a European thing? Like, (laughs) (laughs) Granted, I will say that Europeans tend to dress very well. Uh, (laughs) But the ghosting thing, that's something that every single person that I know has dealt with at some point. And I think that we're all, to some extent, even guilty of it, honestly. Right. Even without, like, intending to. Right. It's just sometimes easier to let things fizzle out than have to blatantly tell the person, like, I just don't see this going anywhere. (laughs) Right. So you spend your time in New York City and France. Now, do you think your experience, like creatively dating in in France, helped you craft these different pages? Because, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna read one more page. It says, first comes that tan Italian with his high powered bike. He'll take you for a spin to see the city's dazzling lights. Romantic and magical, it will leave you weak in the knees until you come to realize he's kind of a sleaze. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't think he's read it. <laughs> Who is this tan Italian? And <laughs> where can I find I've him seen online? The fifth. <laughs> this stuff is so great. Thank you. Um, but yeah, these this was granted it's a very different experience dating in Paris as it is in New York. I really feel like I appreciate I appreciate dating and I approach it sort of like a social anthropologist. And I don't know, I just I think it's fun exploring like through different people you see different facets of yourself you see what you like what you don't like and you get to experience such different things and learn such different things i just i'm gonna read one more page and then i'm gonna uh, and then we'll talk but just because i just want people to buy this and i think it's just (laughs) such an amazing handbook you know it's a it's a great guide for support when you're dating because it's it's hard and if you don't have that you know those wing girls supporting you then you're kind of lost. So this is the last page I'll share, but next comes the handsome pilot, the truly dreamiest guy in town. But after a whirlwind adventure, he just won't settle down. So did you date a pilot? Have you ever dated a pilot? And what was that like? Um, That was a bit of a turbulent ride. Let's just soar over to the next subject, shall we? <laughs> oh my god! So, um, this is such a fun conversation about like heartbreak and building up the emotional resilience. So, let's talk about the difference between dating in Paris and New York City. And you mentioned that French men are skilled in courtship. Yes. I stand by that statement. (laughs) Yeah. So can you talk about the cultural differences? Yeah. So again, like New York City, though, in particular, it's it's really a melting pot of cultures. You you meet people from so many different backgrounds, whereas in Paris, they're predominantly French, the people you'll be dating. Yeah. And I've always been attracted to Frenchmen, I have to say. Um, I I really appreciate because I also I'm half Italian. And so growing up with that European influence, like I have a deep appreciation for for philosophy, for the arts, for these really meaningful conversations. And I like I don't really I, I know absolutely nothing about baseball or football or like, you know, so yeah, do they like do girls like pretend they like sports? Over in France or no? 
Um, they don't even go there. That's an interesting question. Like we don't really talk sports here so much, except for like the world cup when it comes to soccer, you know? Wow. Um, Yeah. It's so different than Boston. Boston is just. (laughs) Well, I imagine Boston with your Red Sox, like what? (laughs) And the Patriots and Celtics is just, and the Bruins. It's just all you talk about really here. It's so crazy. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what sport the Celtics play. So. <laughs> Basketball, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that's, but that just shows the difference, and the apps are different too. And I know you like Bumble, and I know you like Hinge, but what can you tell us about Happen? I'm fascinated by this. Mm, yeah, so that um, I don't even think that exists in the U.S. I could be wrong, but I know that in France um, it's very popular, at least in Paris, and it essentially. Uh, proposes people that you've actually crossed paths with. And it's a little bit creepy to some extent because it will say (laughs) on your app, like you've crossed paths with like Max 32 times. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is really bizarre. Like we, he can, he knows where I work, where I live as a result. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so I mean, the good news is that if you are looking to uh, meet someone that is constantly in your neighborhood, you can find that more easily. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. Wow. I would, I don't know. I just think I would, you know how you say you're like, you're great at texting and um, verbal ping pong. I would just have a field day with the word happen anyways, (laughs) if I was texting. (laughs) So this is all great. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to discuss the importance of taking risks and taking control of our destiny and dating experience. This episode of Shot of Love is brought to you by Akal Chai Rum. Akal Chai Rum is the world's first botanical rum. Recognized by the government of Trinidad and Tobago as having the first new production process for rum in over a century. Akal Chai Rum is an officially protected trade secret. Only the second such protected process in the Caribbean since the famed Angostura bitters by Don Carlos Siegert in the 1870s. Akal Chai Rum is available in 44 U.S. states on chairum.com. Also available in the Republic of Ireland on Stuff You Need. Try some today. And we're back with Sabrina Marzara, the author of Swiping for Prince Charming. Let's dive straight into dating. Can you talk about what Paris was like, dating in Paris during the pandemic? And you mentioned that people were acting out in various ways, that some people were in survival mode or looking for that lockdown partner. I've done this myself. I know that people have used dating apps to escape loneliness, but you don't play around and you know what you're looking for, and you're great at spotting who's serious and who's not. Can you talk about your percentage of swiping right? (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm a little tough, let's just say. So I, I, as I mentioned to you, when I am on Bumble, I did the math and I literally swipe right on one to 2% of guys. I know that's not the norm, but you know, <laughs> I just figured, go ahead. But no, no, you're right though. It's like, if you're walking down the street in New York city, are you going to date everyone on the, on that street? No, you know? So, no, and yeah. So I just like, I can, I mean, I, I've been on the apps and like swiped on so many people at this point that I have a better sense of if it's someone that I'm going to have a good conversation with or not, and if it's going to be interesting or not. But if to go back to your first question about dating during the pandemic, as you said, yeah, especially when second lockdown was announced, it was really interesting seeing people's reactions 
like everyday people, not necessarily just on the apps because everyone just sort of shifted into survival mode. And I mean, I saw some women around me, like one girl that I'm not close to by any means, but she was literally like, okay, if the lockdown begins tomorrow, then I have to call the manicurist to come over at the, the, the maid. And then I have to get my lover to come tomorrow night. And I was like, what? <laughs> wow. So, Most people are you know, like, every- I need toilet paper. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow. Okay. At least she has her ducks in a row, I guess. <laughs> I like, Where's my lover? <laughs> um, you know, you got some really extreme. I had someone, some guy that I'd been on one date with. We had literally just done the elbow. Hello with texting me like I Sabrina, pack your bags tomorrow. We're going to the countryside. I'm taking you to my hotel in Champagne. And I'm like, Dude, like, I just met you. I'm not going with you for a month. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I would be like, I am Emily in Paris. <laughs> like, let's go to the countryside. I would do it for your third book. <laughs> for material. <laughs> exactly. Just for research. <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk about Emily in Paris. For those listening, Emily in Paris is an American television series created by Darren Starr, who created Sex in the City. Emily is an American who moves to Paris to provide an American perspective to a French marketing firm, and it showcases her struggles in love. So this is the story of your life. You even have a, a YouTube video that has over 1.4 million views of telling the story how you got on the show. So could you tell us what this experience was like? Um, well, I have to say it was on YouTube, 1.4 thousand. Oh. <laughs> I'm not but very good at math. All the Instagram ones, it's over 4,000 views, so it's okay. All right, we're going to um, just pretend, we're going to just will it that it gets to that many views. Hey, please, I invite everyone to share it with their friends if they'd like. <laughs> well, I watched um, it and I loved it. I thought it was great. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, so I'm sorry, you're gonna have to repeat the question. <laughs> okay, so I was just gonna say, can you tell us, a, I, I just love this story. And you know, I watched the video. And I love <laughs> how you showed up on the set. And, you know, you had your book and you had hundreds and hundreds of pages of your dating misadventures and you were convinced that Darren Starr needed you. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you want me to just learn to give the brief overview of what happened yeah, yeah. Um, for those that haven't seen the video. So a month after I wrote my book, that was a year and a half ago, I'd written the text, I was working on the illustrations and it was announced that Darren Starr, creator of Sex and the City, was making this TV show that paralleled my life, as you mentioned. Right. And yes, so I felt like this is this is my destiny. This is the planets aligning, telling me I need to get involved. So tried to collaborate with them, reaching out in any way possible. No one got back to me. So I literally did find a way to show up on set <laughs> right? to literally hunt them down, to get on there and to try to convince them to, um, to work with me. And then, you know, long story short, I was able to get cast onto the TV show. So I'll save, I guess, all the other details for anyone that wants to go watch the video, but it was really my sheer determination of convincing the technician on set to, uh, then like finding a way, the link to get, to, to apply, applying twice, getting in there and even like on the show because it wasn't guaranteed that I even get to film necessarily finding the way to, to make sure that, that it happened. So yeah, it was, it was this very crazy adventure, but I just felt like I needed to find a way to be involved. So I just, I knew that like 
that I had to find a way to to work with them. So right now, my my goal is really to be able to write for season two, which was just confirmed that they would be filming it. So I'm still, you know, fingers crossed. I'm doing absolutely everything possible, but we will see if what fate has in store. I love this. I'm I, and I say this about millennials, like the determination. It's just really inspiring to me as a creative person. And you're, you have the best story of determination and manifestation. And I, I think the stars did line up for you. And, and when I joined Tinder, it was like one step. I didn't know the light at the end of the tunnel, but I, I did believe that if I took that one step to help myself, that one swipe, that someone would appear. And I think it's so amazing how you were running to the set and your book arrived. Like, yeah, literally on my way there. It was it was pretty nuts. And again, it was just I, I really felt like everything was was leading me to this point. And you know, showing up there and and again convincing the technician to tell me where they'd be filming the next day, <laughs> and being able to go back there, and just like really insisting as as politely as I could, and then being told by the, by one of the tech or one of the, the crew members, like, ma'am, I really need to ask you to leave the set. The producer right. finds it inappropriate that you showed up. Right. And then being like, okay, I did it all. I, all that I could. And then finding a way to get cast on the show. It was just like, I was literally going to knock at every single door to find every single way to get onto this thing and get involved. And you know, that's, that's at least it, it got me there. Yeah. That's what it takes. <laughs> so now I'm the person at the set. I'm the photographer. So I would have been like, who is this person? But I would have respected your tenacity and your will yeah. and your drive. And I, I see myself in you. Definitely. I, I appreciate that. And I will say also, though, it's like, it's kind of important to, to point out, though, that um, in France... It's that's much less something that you see uh, happening. You know, like they they're much more about respecting rules uh, and certain hierarchy. You wait your turn in line, et cetera, even for advancements in your career. And so it was very American of me to just show up (laughs) on set and to push like that. But I knew that like the American team that was also there because it was the the local crew plus the, the the big guys from from the U.S. I knew that they would at least respect or appreciate like someone with that, with that, that passion and tenacity. Um, and I felt like honestly, now having seen the series that it sort of is reflected even in their main character. And so that's why I just feel like, you know, hopefully it'll resonate with them and we'll see what happens. Right. And that's Emily. Emily's like, I'm out in New York city. I'm leaving the boyfriend. I want something bigger and better. Yeah. And that's why it's a hit show. (laughs) Yeah, I think that like we need, I mean, especially right now in the pandemic, we needed something that was light and frivolous. But also it's like this idea of today as young women that are that are willing to go fight and pursue their dreams and and to not let, you know, even a potential relationship stand in their way. The fact that she was willing to to leave her boyfriend and, and go off and do this for herself 
I think that's something that a lot of us as women have had to uh, face at some point in our lives at this point, you know? Right. And not everyone has hundreds and hundreds of pages of dating misadventures. <laughs> and you have this book, Swiping for Prince Charming, and good for you to show us not to take no for an answer. And you have what it takes in business, and I believe you need to use that same energy and put it into love. And you attract what you put out. So do you ever stop and think, like, it's crazy you actually made it on the show? Yeah, it was more, it was, like, super surreal being on set. I was the giddiest, happiest girl. (laughs) Like, I literally, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is exhausting. We've been here for 13 hours, and I'm the one that's, like, the big, goofy smile on my face. Like, who cares? It's fun. Right, (laughs) right. Um, but you know, I'm also part of my, mm, I guess it's like a flaw and also a, a benefit in a way, but I, I'm constantly trying to push myself further. Anytime I reach a certain level, I'm like, okay, I, I accomplished this, but what's next? Right. So it's important, I think, to pause and, and sort of appreciate what you have accomplished in life. And it's for you, I'm sure it's the same way, but then you're always thinking about like what's next, you know? Right. right. So in my business, it's all, we always say, you're only as good as your last cover. So, you know, you can have a cover that goes viral and I may photograph a celebrity that I stayed, you know, 16 hours on a set actually happened and finally did that shot after waiting 16 hours. But I never cared. Like, I just was just like you, like, so grateful to be on the set. Like, I just felt like I'm in the game. You know, I have this opportunity. And when my time comes, boom, I'm going to show up and I'm going to nail it. And I love that about you. So we talked about outshining someone or being more successful than someone else that we're dating and how that raises people's insecurities. So I don't think you should be dating someone who makes you feel bad for chasing your dreams. And often, right. And often people think that there's something wrong with them for being successful or for when things don't work out. And I think it's important to know your self-worth. Is this something that you have to work on or did you gain from your dating experience? I mean, I, as silly as it sounds, never had imagined that would be a problem at first. I just, you know, I feel like in, when you enter a relationship, you would hope that each person would try to encourage and support the other. Um, and I did have a point where someone I was dating for whatever reason due, due to his insecurities felt very uncomfortable at whatever success I was having. And I wasn't going to dim my light for him. I, in, in fact, instead I was trying to only support him in his own work as well. But that's clearly not the right person for me. And so thankfully, it, you know, it ended. <laughs> right. It ended. I like how you say that we can write our own fairy tales. And when I yeah. asked you what your favorite page was in the book, you said it was the image of the cafe with the, the girl and her girlfriends. And we talked about having girlfriends who are strong and successful, but it's astounding what women who have it all are willing to accept. Are there any valuable lessons that you learned from any of your girlfriends that helped you navigate dating? I mean, several. I could have never done it without them, right. honestly. I agree. But um, But there have been a lot of sort of like seeds of of wisdom, I guess. I remember one of one of the girls featured in that page, her name is Jessica. She told me once, Marriage is not the end goal. Wow. And she was saying this with regards to someone else, not not me. But I thought that was so powerful because it's true that so many women are searching 
you know, for the person that they're going to marry and then live happily ever after. But that's not the be all end all. In fact, that's really where the real work begins. Mm. And so it's important to keep that in mind. It's like, it's not a wedding or, you know, that that's going to suddenly fix your life and make you happy. So that's one of the main, that that's the big thing that I remember that she shared with me. Right. And the key is being happy. And yeah. like, I love Goldie Hawn. You know, she, she doesn't have to be married to Kurt Russell. Like they had a life of being in love. And, it, mm. you know, it's, that's the key. It's like, who cares if you are married or not? Uh, that's the way I feel. Um, yeah. And you challenge this notion that a man in the end will come in and save us. And the brainwashing is so dangerous. And why, as women, do we need saving in the first place? And I love that you challenge this. It's so great. Thank you. I think that is really important to remember that, like, no one, you can't hope or think that someone is, especially a man, is going to come in and just save you. Because at the end of the day, you have to be able to to be there for yourself because that's the one relationship you're going to have your entire life. Right. And so, um, yeah, it is important to be able to cultivate that strength and inner peace to to know that no matter what happens, you will be able to, to get through this and you will come out of it that much stronger and wiser. Right. And if you have yourself, you have all that you need in the first place. You know, it's like that's why your book is so valuable. And I think it's important to have these open conversations about building up our resilience. And I love how you say that every heartbreak, it becomes easier. Can you... You know, tell me why you think that's the case. Well, I just think that once you've realized, especially if you've been so deeply in love and you felt like you were shattered to absolute pieces after and you were able to pick yourself up again next time around, you're like, you know, if I was able to get through that, then I can get through this one. And so each time you sort of become your your bounce back rate becomes much faster, you know? Right. And you, you realize you learn along the way the different things that help you get back that much faster. And I mean, for me personally, it involves like a lot of running, especially outdoors by the water that, that helps me refine my, actually it reminds me of my strength and it's just, but like, that's my, my personal journey in relationship to running and that and being surrounded by people that you love and trust, like your girlfriends, your family, just things that are good for you that help you, that remind you of how strong you are, how loved you are, how valuable you are in your own eyes. Right. And I'm so excited and so proud of you that you talk about running, but you're not that hamster running on the wheel anymore with the perfect soap and the perfect you know, <laughs> outfit and the perfect everything. And you can get through this and you can get through a pandemic and you can get through, you know, all these things because you do have it all and you will find love. So thank you so much from calling in from Paris and sharing your inspirational stories. And everyone should order your book, Swiping for Prince Charming for the Holidays. Purchase it for someone that you care about who's having a hard time dating or finding love. Where can they purchase your book or follow you on social media? Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, the book is available at Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, Amazon. And you can find me on social media on Instagram at Sabrina.Marzaro, M-A-R-Z-A-R-O. And my book's Instagram is at Swiping for Prince Charming. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sabrina. I just adore you. And I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. 
Thank you, Carrie. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. And for now, this week's Tinder Tips. In honor of today's guest, Sabrina Marzaro, these tips come straight from her amazing book, Swiping for Prince Charming. Number one, so he may crush your heart and leave you feeling truly naive, but cheer up, sweet girl, there's no need to grieve. Number two, sure, there'll be a few days of crying and lots of chocolate and wine, but the searing pain will subside just in all due time. Number three, then you'll brush yourself off, hold your head high, for no man is worth the many tears you may cry. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.